Welcome to the Director's Commentary Podcast for Heart, The City Beneath. I'm Grant Howitt, and I'm joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. In these episodes, we'll be going through the text of the book and discussing how we came to design the game. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com. Hello, listener. I guess I don't know why I was waiting for you to respond, listener. <laughs> this, this is this this is the podcast. You've already heard my intro a bit before this, or or the intro bit that we recorded together. So I'm not going to bother explaining what's going on. We're, we're going to jump straight into callings, part two, and callings. we're going to yeah, part two, episode two, callings, etc. And you know what? Keep up. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about callings, Chris. So callings are a part of your your character, part of the character creation flowchart. Mm. And what they do is they provide a reason that you're in the most dangerous place in the world. Why you stay there, yeah. certainly. Why you're such an idiot, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they give, you, they give you a level of background and they give you little abilities. They give you a core ability. But crucially mm. what they do is they ground your character and give you your beats. And beats yeah, the, are massively um, important. The abilities associated with callings, we didn't want to make them too. We didn't want. We didn't want to have to reference them very often. Yeah, I think like one of the one of the design ideas that we had when we were when we were going into when we were going into um, heart is that only major abilities should really be referenced, or, or like should you have to write them down in any detail, mm. and everything else should just sort of go in your character sheet and fade into the background. Uh, but yeah, so. The beats are a huge part of what you do. They are they sort of form your character's story. Yeah, they give you an in a arc. weird way. Yeah. Um and prompt you towards a uh, to prompt you a little bit towards certain types of play. Mm. Uh, and try and frame that for you. So the uh, inspire the way the, the the way we handle advancement because beats are how you do advancement. The way we handle advancement in Inspire is that you change the city, whether that was for good or ill or what have you. You just made a big change in the city because the game was about disruption. The game was about uh, overthrowing things and changing things, and so we left it pretty open. And also, especially seeing as you were all part of the same organization, so it didn't matter. Like you didn't you didn't necessarily need your own hugely complex arc because every spire campaign is fundamentally about the same thing and we didn't have that with heart we didn't have the central organization that was bringing everyone together so we we stole an old idea of ours <laughs> from from unbound thief from the best yeah certainly or at least the people who are least likely to sue you for it that's very true actually yeah an important one unbound is a uh, is a is a generic role-playing game which we wrote about oh about four five years ago now yeah about that five years ago god i don't know uh and in it you play um you play it's kind of a pulp action game but the uh the way in which we handle advancement in that is that one half of your you you have two uh goals fates they're called uh, you come up with one yourself and the rest of the team come up with one for you as well and these can be things like oh i want to uh i want to get in a fight in a collapsing tower building, or I want to make amends with my father. Like there's like they don't have to be good things. It's more like scenes we'd like to see. Yeah, it's like what what would be cool for my character to go through. Precisely, 
And it's not it's not what it's, it's not what do I want, but it's 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 viewing your character as a playing piece almost within the story. It's definitely not like like most of these things are not in the character's best interests. And we decided that we would adapt the the ideas that we we laid out in Unbound and then make it into a more structured focus thing where you take your your obsession. And I think like I think like possibly obsession might have been a better name for it, but that is the Unknown Armies name for it. So um That's taken. Yeah, that one's taken. So we have to call them callings. And they were they were a fairly late addition to the game. Like um we we went with classes first as standard because that's kind of how we think. You know, we were raised on D and D as well, and I think that there's something interesting about trying to talk about why on earth you would be a dungeon crawler. Yeah, and why on earth you would go into not just any dungeon, but the heart, an, ex- an expressly dangerous place. So that was yeah, that was that was it was a challenge because we had to try and come up with lots of different reasons to do it, and we couldn't get that many. No, we we started off with lots of different ideas, and and about so slowly we whittled it down. Absolutely not. We just went. Well, that's never going to work, and just discarded we, we, half of them. <laughs> we wrote five for the uh, for the quick start, and had some more lined up, and then we started writing them, and they were like, "Oh, these are just copies of the other ones, aren't they?" Yeah, yeah. We just narrowed like, it down. Even within the ones we've got here, there's a lot of similarity between, say, Heart Song and Enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, but we felt that Heart Song was its own its own thing enough to let people to, to let people uh, pick out the the callings as well. Like normally in a role playing game, when you pick a character, the GM is encouraged to look to your character and say, "Hey, okay, I want to do like you're 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 looking at the things in your character sheet." So I'm playing a ranger, so I want to go and explore around in the wilderness. I want to talk to animals. I want to shoot arrows at things. I want to be a sexy wild man. And in using the, we've still got that with our classes, but using the callings, you expressly have a list of things you tell the GM you want to happen. Yeah, and Which, some of them are very mechanical. Some of them are like, mm. take Fallout. Mm. Um, and they're fairly easy to achieve in a sort of power gamey sort of way. Mm. But to do it, you've got to really screw your character. Mm, absolutely. Um, and some of them are just funny. Honestly, like it's just an amusing yeah. scene. Some of them are more serious and uh, and sad, and it, they take all different routes that we could think of through your character's personal development. Mm. Let's 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 start with the adventure. All right, it's the first one in the book, so that's a very good mm. place to start. The adventure is probably my it's not my favorite, but it's the it's the one I had the most fun writing. Mm. You will note that um, in the art there. Uh, that is that is in the back. I believe handsome Sally Grackler, yeah, punching someone out. One of Grant's um, favorite I, NPCs. My favorite NPC. Mm-hmm. She uh, she will never die. <laughs> now, now that she's entered the heart, if someone does kill her, I can just make a fresh copy out of leftover mint. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, you can always bring her back. So we've, we've got we've got like the, these are all broken down by uh, by this core ability, questions, and then beats. Mm-hmm. And the core ability for uh, for adventure is when you gain a minor advantage you get to re- advance you get to refresh so it encourages you to play hard and loud yeah it, it pushes you to push mm. it rewards you for pushing the story forward 
Mm. rather than necessarily just sort of waiting until your turn comes up. It's like, no, I want this to happen. It it prompts mm. that bombastic style of play. And it gives you, uh, like, not only do you get a new ability when you when you hit an advance, you also get this resurgence of mm. like, oh no, I've, I've just refreshed D8. So it's effectively a quick visit to the doctor. <laughs> and uh, especially if it's like, so let's let's say for example, um, you uh, one of your minor beats, you take major blood fallout, so your leg breaks. Um, oh, you know what? You would you, you wouldn't have any stress then then anyway. Point is, point <laughs> is, it gives you this big fun resurgence, and I, I I don't necessarily want want to go into as much detail on on every single calling. I just wanted to sort of on the first one talk about why we, why we made the decisions. Mm. We also have the uh, the questions, much like we had with the ancestry. We don't have those with the classes. Those are more inferred. Yeah, and I think I think that by the time that you've picked your ancestry and, and perhaps your calling, you've got a fairly good idea of, of your character as a person. Because of this because of the way this game works and how sort of snacky the classes are, most people know what class they're playing anyway. Mm. By the time they, they start making a character. And they're all very different. Yeah, and this is about fleshing that character out and giving mm. them reasons to be doing what they're doing. And on that subject of, of, of like everyone knows what class they're playing, it also gives these very disparate classes a reason to hang out. Mm. So if you've got two people with adventure, they are best enemies, best friends. Both, you know suffering, what I mean? both suffering from crippling ennui. Yes, precisely. And if you if you put two characters with adventure in the same party, they will have fun on their own. The same reason, like, and if, if you put two characters with, with honestly, sort of any shared calling it really gives characters a way to come together because like that, that's their past that's why they're here yeah let's talk a little bit about uh how minor and major and zenith beats work as well okay so they're divided the beats are divided up into three minor major and mm-hmm. zenith each of which corresponds to a level of ability in the game so mm-hmm. minor powers major powers and zenith powers and the minor powers are just that minor like a lot of them are very, very easy to achieve. Yeah. Um, for instance, just to pick out an example from Adventure, the first one on the list for minor is charm someone with tales of your exploits. Mm. That's just a rad scene where you tell someone how cool you are. And absolutely, it's not like here's a challenge. Like major beats, you, you're looking to the first one from that is acquire a, a rare or powerful D12 value item, preferably magic. So that's quite hard to do in game. Mm. Like you need to be lucky, you need to be determined, you need to um, play to your character's strengths. Whereas charm someone with tales of your exploits, that's us saying, hey, if you if you go and chat someone up saying how great you are, we'll give you a minor ability. Mm. And it only works once. You can't just walk in and do it every time. The other thing about beats is you cross them off when they're done. Yes, yes. You're not supposed to do all of them. You're supposed to do, I'd say, about a third per character. And what's quite interesting is that you you can only uh, essentially have hold two at a time. You can only have two active, mm. which means that's that, mainly to take stress off the GM. Yeah, if you if 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 you just fill yourself up with minor beats all the time, you're never going to get a major because you'll be having two minor beats, and you'll maybe complete both of them each time. Mm. But then you've just got a load of very small, low level powers and nothing really chunky. One of the things we wanted with major abilities, which we'll talk about when we get to the class as well, is how when you pick one, we wanted that to be what your class was about. Yeah. Uh, uh, at first level, anyway, everyone gets a, a, a three minors and a, and a major, and your major should like define what kind of deep apiarist or what kind of mission knight you are. And there's some overlap, obviously, 
but we wanted it to like that's 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 the thing about you. Yes. Your major beat. So getting a second one is very valuable just in terms of um, broadening your abilities because what you're what you're capable of doing in a, in, a, in, any, in any given situation, but they're they're very hard to get to. Yeah. And and then we've got zenith beats. Yeah. Then there's zenith beats, which are bigger, like as in the scale of them is larger. Um, you're not going to do it in one session. No. Um, and also, like a thing to remember is um, a zenith ability quite often kills your character yeah, I think there are like two that don't yeah well, rather than kill your character take them out of the story alright yeah there's one that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's you choose to take that zenith beat mm. so you get to pick when you think yeah actually this character's story's done I want to I want to go out with a bag yeah or maybe it's it's like oh I don't want to get rid of this character but we need that zenith to do to do what we're we're trying to do, mm. we we have to have this, um, and it's it's quite an interesting decision. Um, and each class, each sorry, each calling gets two zeniths, um, two zenith beats. So the ones for adventure are reach tier four of the heart, which is so very deep. Yes, so very uh, dangerous and, and a bad idea. Mm, just idiotic. Got to hit tier three and then keep going. Yeah, and then lead a haven to prosperity. Now, reach tier four of the heart is perfectly mechanical. You know exactly when that triggers. Lead a haven to prosperity. What does prosperity look like in the heart? Mm-hmm. Like very, very that's such a sliding scale. And I think that what like when you say to your GM, right, I want to hit my zenith beat, and you're talking to like you're talking to one another, the GM's like, okay, you've got like two to three games to work on this. Mm. And so we're gonna we're gonna tell stories about those over two to three games. Like we're gonna come up with 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 problems to throw against you, to put in this because those are those are big things to do. Alternatively, like you can have um, you're you're on tier three of the heart, and you can have all right. You know what? I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick reach tier four of the heart. I'm bored of this character. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try and get down to tier tier four, which is no mean feat even from tier three, and then. I have absolute power for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's pretty neat, I think. It's so useful as well. Like you just get control of the game when attacking your when attacking with your, your last ability. Yeah. It's it's uh we I think we want to we're not huge into okay, I'm not huge into game balance. Mm. Um, I'm not huge into numbers either, honestly. I'm much more interested <laughs> in stories and things like that. Uh, I, I find numbers difficult and confusing. Whereas if I can, if we can say, hey, you can have ultimate power, but it kills you, that doesn't need to be balanced at that point. Yeah, we can just sort of throw the numbers out the window and go, look, for this scene, tell me what happens. Hmm. Like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't affect much. Like if if, if you've got a very carefully and tightly plotted adventure done, first off, you're probably playing the wrong game for that. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, go back to Pathfinder. Um, And secondly, like if they kill the, the big bad evil guy, just a front man. Mm. You know, you can always find a way around it if needs be. We can keep, we can keep changing it. Or like they do, they ha- they have this dramatic change, and it's really exciting. And then and then the heart changes. The heart's scarred. Mm. Like so many of the powers we have changed the physical environment. Yeah. Uh, at zenith level, it's like we want you to leave a mark, and so you basically become too big to be a player character. Mm. And what's all, and talking about scarring the heart, what's really interesting is that we'll talk more about this later um, with the mm. map and things. 
is that you can use the same map multiple times. You should. Yeah. And you can have completely separate campaigns where you've just, you know, you found this corpse of some idiot who died in the heart and they've got a map. And you're like, oh, that's useful. And it's mm. it was one of your last party. So you can continue to use those permanent marks on the heart caused by Zeniths mm. to, to advance your story. Shall we look at the next one? Yeah, that, that that that's what that's what callings do in general. They they give you a an arc. I would also like to say that one of the last things we wrote for this is the is is, is the the trinket table, like like the ones we had in uh, the ancestries. Yeah, and I had tremendous fun, as you can tell <laughs> by reading them. I, I I like that your your artifact is expensive coal eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And a pocket mirror. Yeah. And I, I just, I'd like to think that, like, that, like, cool. I'm playing a null who has expensive coal eyeliner and a pocket mirror. That's fantastic. And that's that's that's, that's, that's a different, you know. It, it just it, it gives you that with with the adventure things. I wanted a lot of them to like to be um, to show that adventurers are quickly, uh, easily tricked mm. or vain, or they they they, ha- they have these ideas of grandeur. Well, they're just simply moving too fast to pay attention. On that subject, enlightenment. Mm, who are moving very slowly and paying very a whole load of attention. Yeah, that's true. Actually, the exact opposite. <laughs> this, I absolutely love this art. Oh, it's stunning. It's on page eighteen. Felix, it's Felix's idea actually to do the art um, as it is, and he wanted to do the characters like the iconics, the characters from the class um, pages. Like before they came to the heart, mm. so 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 uh, so that's the that's the missing knight you can see in the adventure one, and on enlightenment you can see the junk mage, and that is that's absolutely gorgeous. I love the idea of them being in some sort of derelict crack house, <laughs> finally working out. The, oh, it's down. Yeah, there's one thing in this picture that I've always wondered about. Okay. Why is the top of his ladder covered in nails? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Like I like it. It looks pretty fine. I've no idea why. Oh, it's to hang stuff off. You can see he's hanging his coat off it. Okay, it's just a, it's a lot of nails. Well, he sold all his coats <laughs> for spell money, for supplies, and tiny hammers. He has a mm. tiny little hammer for his tiny nails. Enlightenment is about trying to find something. It can be about trying to find someone, but generally, it's um is best summed up by number seven on their trinket table, which is a list of people who are going to pay. Some names crossed out. <laughs> uh, it's like it's 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 the character class of ah, oh, they laughed at me at the academy, they laughed at me at the university. Well, they're not laughing now, are they? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's somebody who scientist. wants answers to something, mm. um, and they believe that the heart is the only place they're going to be able to get them. So that ranges from. As, you know, that insane academic you've just portrayed. Um, yeah. All the way up to people who are just like, well, my husband died. Mm. Want to fix that? Yeah. The heart will be able to do it. And they, they, and like, they, they, they're not scientists. They're not academics. No. They just crave answers to something. And solutions. You're tasked with coming up with as so a what impossible thing you're attempting to achieve in City Beneath, and that's the sort of thing which defines your character. Your character is about that arc, mm. and so all of the beats, sorry, a lot, a lot of the beats are about either taking mind fallout, um, uh, making friends with people just to further your own ends, um, and and uncover knowledge. Yeah. So. One of the things I love about the beats for Enlightened is that it shows a level of drive that none of the others have. Mm. Um, one of one of the major beats is to destroy a haunt to learn more about your task. And it's like it doesn't have to be necessarily deliberate. No. 
but it can be the fact that you burn something to the ground to intimidate somebody enough that they tell you mm. which, which way to go. Yeah. They just give you like a street name. You know, that's all you did mm. it for. It's it's a it, they're they're quite scary mm. in like the characters because like yeah they've they've got to kill someone who's trying to stop you from claiming knowledge, um, betray someone who trusts you. Uh, we want we uh, I I I think I think that uh, that that drive was certainly what 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 we wanted to get across in the uh, in the callings as well as well like with the with the beats originally we had uh, ten five and one mm-hmm. uh, for minor majors and then we doubled that. Uh, to try and give more of a variety, and I, I hope we have enough variety. I think like GMs that like, we've got a bit later on uh, about like making up your own callings, and especially then like callings which fit your campaign. Yeah. And we encourage GMs and players to do that. And it's also um, something this that we this is a start. Yeah, and it's also something that we future proof for ourselves because we can strap beats to more things. So, for instance, yeah. in Sanctum, one of the add-on books for the, from the Kickstarter. There's Haven beats. There's Haven specific beats. They own you bonds. Exactly, but it's yeah. it's a similar system. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that um, it's one of the things which I really liked about Lady Blackbird, a game which I will keep talking about <laughs> on every podcast I'm on. But Lady Blackbird had this really lovely um, game programming thing where it gave you this little dramatic arc, even though it was a one shot game. And something which I really liked about it was the fact that you got this you got this character and you felt like, <clears throat> not that you knew precisely what was going to happen to them because there was lots of options, but you were given options mm-hmm. yeah. rather than you will probably gain a level, which is, or like, or like, or like your, 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 your abilities will level up in some way. It was this method of character advancement which was tied directly into story. And I think that you can really benefit in a game from seeing like this sort of smorgasbord of options. And when you pick one, it's like, well, this is how I'm going to level up. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can that, that can that can motivate you in a in uh, in a world where you're playing a man who's full of bees, <laughs> uh, investigating an underground forest with a moon that shouldn't be. It gives you a grounding idea of what's going to happen next, which can be quite useful. Yeah, and another thing the beats do, which I find really enjoyable, is that you can reflavor identical characters by taking different beats. So again, to use the uh, Enlightenment as an example, you can have quite a tragic story um, Mm. and have beats like, meet someone from your old life who's trying to get you to give up on your quest. Mm. Like your mum comes down to the heart and like, don't do it, Harold, it's dangerous. (laughs) Or you can have this completely driven, closed-minded person who takes Mm. destroy evidence or rhetoric that proves your task to be impossible. Mm. I was like, no, no, not true. La 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 la. I'm not listening. La la la. Yeah, and 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 combine the two when, you, when your mum comes down and you go, no, I'm not listening. La la la. And like it, it's it's becoming increasingly clear that actually you're mad, but also because this is the heart, it'll work. Mm. And that's beautifully uh, summed up by the Zenith beats, which are mm. almost identical. So there's find the final secret you have so desperately sought and use it to solve your impossible task resurrect that dead husband whatever you mm. need and find the final secret you have so desperately sought and destroy it so nobody else knows about it <laughs> that's fucking ace i think the other the other thing which i really like about enlightenment is that heart is a there's lots of possibilities mm-hmm. in heart yeah. 
um, and like we deal with like we've got multiple heavens down there we've got alternate worlds we've got especially with doors to worlds where we've got plane hopping and so what isn't isn't possible is quite hard to define sometimes and if you play an enlightenment character you get to say this is impossible and i'm going to change that yeah so you can say all right well no one's brought anyone back from the dead cleanly or uh, no one has just become pure energy or no one has successfully managed to fit a whole um drow goddess in their head nobody's invented the computer nobody's invented the- you can't do it you're a madman i'm going to wet hell <laughs> I'm going, going into to a dungeon. I'm going to come back with an Apple Mac. To find the future ghost of Alan Turing. <laughs> also, crucially, Enlightenment is probably the best calling because you can have a taxidermied owl that you name. I think Enlightenment is the best calling for you because it's most classes, most characters that you play. It is, yes. Yes, that is, that is like like en- Enlightenment is, is if, if you want to play Call of Cthulhu. Yes. You take the Enlightenment class because yeah, it's like you could you could all take. I really quite like the idea of all of you of everyone taking Enlightenment for like for the, like for the same perhaps slightly different goal. Yeah, especially and for the moment when you all achieve your zenith. Ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting if everybody has the same oh, the great. same target. Mm. Some of you are going to get a zenith if it's destroyed, and some of you are going to, if it's destroyed, some of you aren't going to get a zenith. Oh, it's yeah, definitely going to get destroyed, isn't it? Yeah. People are going to get flattened by the last train. Amazing. Um, let's move on. And I'm going to open my window. Good lord. Much like rhubarb, this calling is forced. Much like forced rhubarb, this call. <laughs> Let's talk about Forced. Let's talk about Forced and definitely not about Rhubarb ever again. It was really hard to write Forced. It was so hard. I re- I re- we really struggled with this. Mm. Uh, because you actually don't want to be here. Two, yeah, two main problems. One, you don't want to be here. But that is a common trope in films. And honestly, role-playing games, the whole sort of like explosive collar or like, oh, I'm a bad motherfucker, but I, I've got to do this for my family or what have you, you know? Yeah. That's that's pretty straightforward. However, seen, sorry, just quickly, I've not seen anybody go for the explosive collar yet, and it would really work. It would really, it would be really cool. Actually, mm. is that one of the? Um, I have a, I, I have a, I have a subjugation sliver and a moon silver collar. Yes, but not a, not a moon silver silver collar rigged up to an improvised spy black bomb. A shotgun collar. We we really struggled because your character doesn't want to be in the game. Mm-hmm. And so we had to get we we had to come up with a with a series of, of of things which are like okay your character doesn't want to be here but you want your character to be here yes so you need to come up with some reasons why you're going to stay here and as far as the forced one went we wanted to sort of like you do, you done something real bad you're um one of the two out of the five callings in heart which done something real bad to be fair you can get away without doing something real bad okay you can get there by accident. That's true, yeah. Like, if you um, accidentally get into a lot of debt, or something like that. But, yeah, most of the time you've done something super bad. And I think that the, like, the forced calling is very... Is, I think that probably has the biggest change on your character. Yeah. Than, uh, of, of all of the callings. Uh, because you you end up... You, you, have a, you have masters, you have people who tell you what to do, and you do it against your will, but, you know, f- for whatever reasons you've decided to go along with it. And 
they have to be in contact with you. They have to be in communications with you, which is tricky when you're in wet hell. Mm-hmm. So we, so like I think like question two, questions four. How do your masters contact you? Because you have to come up with something. It could be letters. It could be like your your pet raven squawks out stuff in the voice of your old in your old uh, seminary master. <laughs> there's there's lots of there's there's a wide variety of ways they can contact you, but it just means that you bring in an NPC faction basically into the game who you hate. Yeah, and a lot of the beats key off of the these people that you can't stand. And doing stuff with them. Like there's a major beat which is aid another person who you know and hate that is in the employ of your masters. Which is which is always a good scene in you know, in, in, in any film it's in. I will also note that um the two the two Zenith beats you have are either kill your master or destroy the evidence. <laughs> like there's no sort of oh well, you know what, maybe maybe we sort of get along or we lose. No, it's 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 Absolutely it's a, it's, it's a revenge story. Yep. Um which happened to take place out of the like like the, the the idea of the forced character is that you are being you are being abused and put upon and thrown into this very dangerous situation in exchange for getting to kill your way out of it. The forced calling also does a lot of things with NPC manipulation. Mm. So there's a one of the one of the early beats in the list is to uh, forge a friendship or romantic relationship with an NPC, mm. and there's an awful lot of the build from that. So there's Rescue an NPC from trouble you caused. Involve an NPC in your master's schemes. An important or beloved NPC dies after you bring them into your master's schemes. Mm. And it's a lot of it is about manipulation and the sort of tragedy of that. Mm. It doesn't even have to be manipulation, but manipulation is the most straightforward yeah, read like- of it. What one of the nice things about callings is it's it's more like it's it's the story that's happening to your character rather than things you're choosing to do. Yeah. So, um, uh, is, uh, an important RMP or beloved NPC dies after you bring them into your master schemes. You're not killing them. No. Necessarily, they happen to die. And when you say to the GM, "Hi, I want this major beat, please," the GM like you've just painted a big target on all the important and beloved NPCs. Yeah. And the GM's given full license to do that. I think one of the things we've done with callings, and we did with Fates, um, is giving the is giving the GM explicit li- explicit license to do to do horrible things. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is it can feel quite cheap sometimes. Like if NPCs are killed or taken away from you, if you don't get things, if you suffer hardship, it's like oh, I just want I want to play the game, I want to tell a story, and you're putting you know, you're, you're putting my character through all these challenges and I feel I can't affect the world. But if you ask for it directly, it feels better when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, as the, as the GM, you still got the capacity to be like, oh, it wasn't that NPC, it was this other NPC, you <laughs> idiot. You can, still, you can still surprise people, it just doesn't, like, you don't have to pick the NPC, is it? Where we try to keep it vague. And the, the forced are naturally slippery devils. Hmm. They, get the, they get the ability collateral where they can just Oh, it didn't hit me, it hit them. Mm. And you can push that onto NPCs if you want to, to get them super dead. Mm. Or onto onto players, um, who are probably more likely to take it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, there's a minor beat, which is as a result of, push, of collateral, the ability that pushes the damage around, an NPC mm. is taken out of action or a, P- a PC suffers fallout. Mm. And like that's so easy to do. It's, it's almost casual. Yep. However, it is hilarious. Mm. 
you 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 keep yourself alive at the expense of others really like the force I'm, I'm after all the work that went into them to make them actually bloody work mm. i really rate them i think i think it also gives your like gives your games master a fun excuse to play your master yes it's kind of cool and, and, and it's something you, you, that you get like you, you depending on how occult or weird they are or just horrible you get lots of opportunities to do some cool role playing with yeah, and there's uh, there's a lot of um, sort of examples and ideas in your little table mm. um, to carry with you, like a daguerreotype of your son. Well, that presumably is a kidnapping situation. That's why mm -hmm. you don't call. That's one way of doing it. Uh, the mark on your chest where your soul used to be before you sold it. Whoa, that's a different character. Yeah, I will also say that selling your soul is not canon in Spire or Heart. It's canon in this box out. In number eight of this box out. I think I think my favourite is Matchbook for the Manticore and Spire Casino, which implies that uh, so there's the the Spire um, set in Kings of Silver. The, the adventure Kings of Silver is set in the Manticore, so it's implied that you were blackmailed by the by the Ministry after whatever happened in Kings of Silver. Yeah, which is wonderful. It's, it's quite nice hitting a point with with this uh, with this world where we can start dropping in references to other bits. Yeah, and because of that, we've got a, a wider range of things you can be. Like if I ever play a forced, I'm absolutely playing somebody who got who got into a real bad accident with an idol on, mm. and now the demon's in their head. Yeah, it's fun. So how do they how do they talk to you? Well, they don't talk to me. I talk, and my friends listen. <laughs> I'm I'm passed out at the time. Yeah, I'm I'm completely unconscious. I'm afraid. That's quite fun. Let's move on to heart song because it has it has really good art best art in the book pretty much also bobs there are some boobs in this picture there are boobs in this picture um they're they're, they're the only boobs which we are which we allowed into the game felix tried to, felix tried to draw tits on everything oh, so many so many tits you see that you see that mattress in the, in, in the in the back that was all tits it was weird it was really weird but you know heart song huh got a problem no, we have, uh, Chris and I have been actually quite careful to avoid the monstrous feminine despite just writing a game about it. Yeah. Heart Song's really cool. Heart Song is, in a way, the default calling. Yeah, I mean, Heart itself kind of sprung up in a weird way from the Blood Witches. Um, yeah, I suppose it did. Because the Blood Witches had, had this place they went of roiling unreality mm. to get to contract their, their blood disease. And. All, all blood witches felt this calling, felt that they had to go mm. down to the heart, um, and they were innately linked with it. Um, and it used to be called the core, fun fact. Mm. We changed it because it was too sci-fi. Yeah. Go on. Um, and Heart Song is, firstly, very representative of that, mm. um, of that blood witch pilgrimage to the heart. Mm. But also, it's it's great when you just have somebody who's like a guard by day mm. and they just dream of like basalt towers covered in blood heart song apiarist is my favorite mm. combination because apiarists are expressly against the heart yeah they're completely so really antithetical there. yeah that like there are a few sort of icon I, I think like there are a few not iconic but sort of expected combinations so heart song witch heart song cleaver mm -hmm. really sync up and like um uh Enlightenment junk mage, yep, or Enlightenment um, deep apiarist, and so like, Heart Song was really straightforward to write. 
because you can, as, as far as I can remember, as far as I, I can remember, because it's kind of an excuse to be weird. Yeah, I think Heart Song was the first one we did when we were trying to get yeah. um, a sort of picture of, of what the callings looked like. Mm. We did the first, as you said, ten minors, five majors, mm. and a zenith, um, and they were all for Heart. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, one that's stayed there for the entirety of the time is following a long ritual, name the heart, only refer to it by this name from now on. That's been there mm-hmm. since day one of callings. Mm. Um, that's why you you might notice that there's less game mechanics in the heart song <laughs> calling, because yeah, in some true, cases actually, yeah. they were done before the game mechanics existed properly. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, you'll note that you you get uh, you, you get plus one echo protection. And I think that's the only protection that's granted by um, by a calling. I think so. Because the rules the rules just sort of stuck around. Yeah. But not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that we we kept it and we're happy with it. And so the other the other callings, I think a lot of the mechanics were written at a, at a later date, and so they read slightly differently. Yes. But yeah, you you basically play someone who is really interested in learning more about the heart, yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, you get you get a you get full excuse to go and be fucky with it. Yeah, and like in my playtests, I had a I had a heart song blood witch, mm-hmm. and they firmly believed that the the heart was organic, um, was um, vegetal, was a plant, mm. was sort of you know what the, the essence of wild. Mm. Um, and it just put a, this nice, horrible little wood hag spin mm. on Blood Witches by just changing you, that that little thing. You do also get to um, much like with the with the um, <clears throat> with the Enlightenment class defining something that something that's impossible. The Heart Song gets to define the heart. Yes, which is so you important. get you get to say this is like this part of the game is really important to me. I'm interested in the weirdness. I'm interested in exploring. Here's the three things I dream of, which will happen in the game. Um, and like uh, you know what, it probably would have been a really clever idea to put to, like to think more, think about the callings more in that way. Possibly, yes. But the book's out now, Hooray! so it doesn't matter. But I mean, if you're listening to this, you've bought it. <laughs> yes, it's very true. So it really doesn't matter. Penitent. Hang on, just before we do, there's one thing I want to call out in, yeah. the, in the heart song uh, beats. <clears throat> they are all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, f- in in regards to tone, so you can shape it wherever you want, and I think that this is most summed up in the major beats, which has perform a rite at a place of power, sacrifice someone important to the heart. Visit three Vermissian stations. Mm, that's nice. Going on a little tour. It's like that. It's like that bit in the um, in the witch class where we we made them effectively ramblers. Yeah. Yeah, we like ramble weird. That's the ability. R- ramble weird. We're very keen to give you the the capacity to remain human. I think. Yeah. Well, humanoid. Yeah. Sorry, a person. <laughs> yes. No, I understand. A person. We're using human as shorthand. There is also uh, result seven on the trinkets table uh, directly references sanctum. Yes, and um, number four as well. Oh, Theolos, um that that references later in this book. Yeah, Theolosian's an angel yeah. from later in this book. But I I like the idea that you've been dreaming an angel's name, and it is unfortunately on, on you. So penitent, penitent. what is going Hard. on with this window? Uh, what what a crazy window, Felix! You ever you ever drawn one of those before? <laughs> Mate, I've seen windows. 
That's nuts. I assume it's, it's well, like... He's got, he's got a perfectly fine windows on the side. <laughs> I assume it's like one of those diagrams of a black hole and how it bends space. Yeah. That's, that's what I always thought it was. I like it, but it, it's, it's a non-standard window, that one. It is an unusual window, mm-hmm. but hey, elves, huh? We can see someone being kicked out. Of, we see the heretic being kicked out of um, of their church. Yep. You can see that they've got you their done got messed their, up. Got their necklace of eyes, which the, the guy, the guy's been. Oh, 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 you've been a bad heretic. Uh, oh, you've been a good. Anyway, take your take your clamshell and flat elephant and get out of here. I. Uh... <laughs> Come, come along, Dumbo. So I don't know why. I... Just looking at those clothing is what it looks like to me. <clears throat> mm. So, penitent was a fucking nightmare to write. Oh, horrible! I'll tell you to why. I'll tell you to why. Uh, I, I, will, I, I will say, writing the uh, the trinket table was the best part of writing <laughs> the trinket tables because all of them are stupid extra. Yep. However, like you can get a, you, you can get a book of poetry you've written yourself that's not very good, which I like. You, so one of the reasons which we were thinking of like why you'd go in and go and throw yourself into wet hell is you did something wrong. You did something real wrong. And you're trying to make amends, and whether that's from a from like a religious point of view or from a secular point of view or one of honor or so, whatever along these lines, you like this is your life now. Mm-hmm. And the like the on the, the general ongoing narrative is when you when you start. A game of a game of hearts. You haven't been there for very long. You're not fresh off the boat, as it were. But you are like tier one, t- uh, tier zero is as far as you've gone, and you've picked up some weirdness, which means that you probably spent some time in the city above or elsewhere, depending on where you're from. Now, if you're a penitent, the most effective way to tell a story about penitence is to show the effects of your actions, which are not where you are. <laughs> yes. Which was a ball ache. Yeah, absolutely. But when we, we kind of reframed it in certain ways, it's like one of the most annoying things for me about Dungeons & Dragons Paladins is that there's an atone mm. spell. Mm. You can make it up by paying money. I guess that's, that's biting social commentary, isn't it? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. But also, yeah. Um, whereas here, like, there's repair something physical. A bridge, a door, a wall that someone needs. Mm. That's like making things, making good in small ways by by paying it forward, by just being good. Mm. Or you can go the the other way um, and and have the make penance at a site that is important to your order. Mm. Or you can flip it around again and... um, attack the enemies of your order you can go violent with it mm. and even then you can flip it and you can do something your order would frown upon absolutely you can fall you can deeper should. that is perfectly legitimate mm. under penitent it's a way of leveling up one of the zenith beats is betray your order intentionally this time mm. so you can have you can be a penitent to a, a horrifyingly evil order mm. and actually like be good and come out and like, good. Yeah, like 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 you 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 change over the course of the campaign. Yeah, uh, I think that the like like this isn't. We've tried to program a certain arc, 
um, with sorry, that's not strictly true. A certain theme, I think, mm. in all of these callings, because you're going to be picking out your own, and you're going to be reacting to what's going on. And you're going to say, "Oh, actually, I want to do this." Or, oh, actually, you know what? We're in this situation, so it seems like I've got an easy way to take blood fallout. Yeah. Here, so I, f- I, f- I feel like 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 um, we're probably going to get into a fight this time. I'll go for that. And also to the GM, it says, "Hey, can you hurt me?" But like, not too much. Just a little bit. Just harder. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Harder, game daddy. And it's uh, I I really I really hope it works because I, th- I it's not something I've really seen before. We we I think we nicked the we nicked the, kind of the idea for fates a little bit from uh, I think called milestones in Marvel heroic role playing. Yeah. Uh, but they were like they were more focused around like like they were written so you could play existing characters or you could take part in scenarios. And these we wanted to have as more of a, a broad arcing thing where it's like well. When you do these, we reward you. Yeah, it's not like it's a say a thing happen. Wolverine would say. It's no, Bob. shape your character how you mm. want to, and then prove it. Then go out and mm. do what 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 your character is, rather than just having a background that you've written down and vaguely reference every now and again. It's like, well, okay, mm. prove that you're penitent. Yeah, if that's how or, you want or, your or character to advance. Or prove that you're fucking it up. Yeah, show me you're fucking it up. And it's either and like, one is as com- as valid as the other. They are completely equal. But also, before before we move on uh, from from patting ourselves on the backs so so thoroughly, uh, number ten on the trinket table. Don't mean to alarm you. It looks like Dark Souls is snuck in here. <gasps> Gasp! I like I that is that's just in straight Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Compare and contrast that to number one, which is Absolution Chains, brackets, heavy. Like, lovely. I guess that's, that's Darksiders. Yeah, it's closer, I guess. Darkstalkers? Yeah. The scowl of uh, someone let's... you love. <laughs> Locket depicting a beautiful one-eyed drow. It's just because they're turned to the side. They've got two eyes. <laughs> it's It's you, and you look at it to remember back when you had two eyes. Yeah. But you can't quite get the distance right. Yeah, that's that's callings broadly. That's uh, that's that's one of the, I think one of the weirdest things we did with the game in terms of mechanics. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And next up, we're going to get into we're going to go into a very deep dive into the classes. So Super pack your exciting. scuba gear. Scuba? No, scuba would. Yeah, scuba would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. snorkeling. You don't want snorkeling is just like a shallow dive. That's the the shallowest dive. We're going to glance at a reef. Pack a long snorkel. There we go. You've been listening to the director's commentary podcast for Heart, the City Beneath. I was Grant Howitt, and I was joined by Christopher Taylor, and we wrote the Heart RPG. For more information on Heart and our other titles, go to rrdgames.com.